This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. Here we go again, Minivad Dad, episode number 24. You know, I talked about with, and tonight I'm joined by my usual, the electric boogaloo or some shit like that. And we're being joined tonight by by the usual cast of characters. We've got Hat Guy Pat, also known as USS Soccer Antichrist Pat. Martha Dump Truck in the Flesh. And then we, and then of course, the Soccer Breitbart. Conspiracy Chris. I don't understand why you insist on calling me that. Really? I, you know, I've tried to keep these shows to under an hour. If we want to talk at all, then we're going to just move on from that one. Anybody who follows your Twitter feed knows why we call you that. It's always some Bad sort things of... happen to me. It doesn't mean that, like, it's a conspiracy all the time. I mean, they even... Chris Rock was even gracious enough to name a show after you. Everybody hates Chris. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So we're here tonight to celebrate an anniversary of, well, I don't know about celebrate, if that's the right word or not. Um, it is the two-year anniversary of the highest ever, most viewed episode of US Fan TV. Indeed. By a long shot. And if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend go look up the US Fan TV page on YouTube, find the show, and listen to it. It is absolutely epic. I have never, if you guys saw Taylor Twellman and his rant, which seems to be getting all the play on Twitter of his rant about them not being good enough, which he was right. Chris and Pat were in such rare form. It, it, it not, the only word I can use to describe it is epic. It was, the meltdown was amazing. Just, it could not, you couldn't duplicate it again if you tried. Because if it happened again, I don't think you'd be this angry, which... I guess that's kind of where we'll start. That's a good point. It, it's where you and on Twitter I've referenced this, and Pat, you said before we went when I you're not a Star Wars fan, so you didn't under really know why I kept saying you're going to the dark side. But you've U.S. fan TV by its nature, the fact that we kept talking about U.S. soccer and trying to keep people interested in it, meant you seem to have be a, think of it as a, in a positive light, and yet here we are you know, last week on the show and you've completely turned on it. And I, I don't, the, but the, the caveat is I don't think it's anger. I think it's apathy. Yes. It's, it's apathy. A- anger was, was the, the hex last time around. Like the, the, that was brewing anger. Just like, why are we putting ourselves in this position? Anger was losing to Mexico. Anger was losing to Costa Rica Anger was that struggle throughout that hex. And then it was sort of a natural apathy after that point because there was just nothing and it was like the Dave Sarakin time. But now it's like a... It's a combination of disappointment and apathy. It's like it's been two years and I'm not worried about what happened that day or what where the failures were that led up to that point because it happened. You can't control that. What, but it, it'd be 
ridiculous to say that we couldn't have done a lot better in the two years since then. And that, like, it, it, what have we done since then? That's that's the problem now, right? Like, what have we done? Where anytime you you there's a failure in life, you can usually learn from it and improve. Yeah, well- well, in the, in theory, but look at Chris. Well, I'm not really sure that always happens. Fair. You're very mean to Chris. I've known you're him for thirty. I've known him for I've known him for Pe- thirty years. People, people, uh, yeah, people think you're a real asshole. Well, I am. What's your point? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it there is a real um, Disappointment and and apathy, disapatha, disapathentment. Well, and and it's <laughs> this you know that, I, that has I, occurred because of uh, because of that game. I mean, sure. Um, you know, I I read um, like Donald Wine put a, a story on uh, Stars and Stripes today, or uh, is that right? Stars and Stripes FC is that right? Um, about how you know today is the day to move on uh, because tomorrow will be the first game of the League of Nations and we can it's now time to get behind the team and be positive and you know it's okay to critique team of course but we need to get back to um, you know like helpful criticism uh, constructive criticism not just negativity my feeling is I don't. Th- this team doesn't need me to cheer them on. They need to kind of reach out to me. Like they need to make their like get get your house in order before you come back and tell me that like oh yeah you should just cheer us no matter what. I'm sorry. I, what have you what have you what have you done differently? What have you changed? You know, and and I don't. I think you're right in the in in some senses, and I do feel like the soccer operations with Ernie Stewart and Greg Berhalter. I don't know if it'll be successful, but I feel like those were at least necessary steps that were made. I think having those two role, having two roles covering that is a good thing. And I do trust Ernie Stewart and I do trust Greg Berthalter for now. However, but U.S. soccer as a whole, I think you're 100 percent right. They There is something they need to do and they're not getting it. And, I, you know, we keep I keep coming back to the what gets me anti-U.S. men's national team is this is not a good team, a team that has earned any sort of trust, any sort of goodwill, and it shouldn't. And yet you're still charging $100 to go into Sam, into the outlaws section if you yeah. and more. And, and that to me is the insane part. There's You shouldn't be charging that. You should be trying to get people back in the door, you know, and I, I'm going to go back and it, I get it. It's 20 years ago, but I, when I had twin season tickets, it was $100 for the entire season for the cheap seats to get in. For 81 baseball games, it was $100. And I don't expect them to be that low. And you got an, well, and if, you bought two t- and if you bought two tickets, you got an autographed Kirby Puckett bat. Now, now they're I mean, playing in the Metrodome. They weren't good seats. That's firewood for Chris. It, yeah. it, was, it is. But the point being is that's how you got fans in the door, though. You, you didn't overcharge for tickets. You just said, hey – Come watch us play. And it was all the rookies that wound up winning like three or four titles, you know, with that team. But this is when they were still bad, bad losing 100 games. And that's what I think U.S. soccer needs to look at it as. Hey, we're not good. 
we want to get you back in the door. We've got, we think we've got a good core of young guys like Tim Weah, like um, Weston McKinney, like Tyler Adams, uh, Christian Pulisic, uh, Zach Steffen. You know, we want you to come see these guys, but yet they're still saying, you know what, screw you, we're going to charge you a hundred bucks to get it in. Yeah. Oh yeah, and if you want a jersey, that's another hundred and fifty or hundred to hundred and fifty bucks. And they haven't and had, it, and, and they've been decent but not great. Yeah, I would say decent would be giving it a, a, probably being generous. But yeah, and and so when Pat went, kind of got, I guess I always say I refer to it as he went dark side last week, just like ripping U.S. soccer. It's the first time I've really one of the first times I kind of fully agreed, and I didn't think it was like a soccer Twitter bubble thing. I think it's genuine. There's some genuine reasoning for it, logical reasoning for it, which, well, it's Pat. So, I mean, I guess we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It's, it's not like I don't want to cheer for them. And, and it's not like I, I, it's my country and my favorite sport. So of course I'm going to like the national team, but on the men's side, they, I, I don't know how you, get behind this i don't know how I'm you get excited them about kind of using me like you know yeah, here's another mexico friendly exploiting the fact that that i can't walk away kind of to to behave foolishly or, or to behave like like selfishly um it's it's disappointing it's annoying it's um it's infuriating sometimes. Uh, although, you know, it, it's fair to say that due to the apathy that said it, it's not as infuriating anymore. Now it's, I guess, just kind of annoying sometimes. I mean, I did get kind of mad about the um, the the Mexico friendly a month ago because, like I said at the time or shortly thereafter anyway, there was just no need for it. You, you weren't going to gain anything from it, and you were putting yourself in a position to you know, potentially lose even more, which is right in the end what happened. Um, it was just you know, because it, they wanted to take money from Mexico fans. Yeah, and they didn't even do, and they didn't even do that well. I mean, if uh, you, you want to take, I've if you want to take, they, if they wanted to take money from Mexico fans, and I. I I think there's definitely some logic to your argument, Pat. Put the game in L.A. Put it in Dallas. Put it in San Antonio. At least go full out and make it a Mexico home game on U.S. soil. Well, if you're going to do that. Right. But, but it, go, I, go full, I guess, go yeah, out. put it in the Southwest. But it's still – wasn't that a well-attended game or am I – I feel like it was, but – the upper, I don't think they sold the upper bowl of of Giant Stadium or uh, MetLife Stadium or whatever they call now. It's just like, like the bigger picture, right? Like, like I'm not mad about. I'm I'm past the point of of caring that we didn't qualify. I'm disappointed, but whatever. That team would have, if we had made it in, they wouldn't have done anything anyway, right? And I'm past the point of of it's, it's like it's a very it's it's a very macro, like way above look at U.S. soccer. Like, what have we done in the last two years? And if you looked and you said, "Well, we got a lot better," what's really exciting? And it, it, it's not though. Like, it's it's the same. We have a lot of kids who are 
playing in you know Europe that are we can be excited about. We we finally have some, but none of them, and you can almost include Christian Pulisic in this, have really broken through yet. And um, are you talking on a natural on a national level, a club level, or both? Like both, I guess. Like we don't have Clint Dempsey right now. A guy of that caliber, okay, or Tim Howard. You know, it, it's. I, th- got, I think got, we. I think we do, and it's Tyler Adams. Except I think Burhalter keeps screwing that up. Well, and and some of his quotes lately make it sound like he he's hasn't not learned shit. Convinced. It's it's. It, there's nothing to get excited about right now, and that's. I'm easily excited by the U.S. men's national team, and I'm not. Like it's it's almost to the point where it's more difficult to be in the position that they're in now than it would have been to do a better job with outreach to fans. And I I don't know it, it maybe make a better coaching hire. None of it's exciting. I I will point out though the counter argument to this is the last time I was excited about a coach it was Klinsman and that didn't work out like we wanted so maybe exciting isn't what we need in a coach maybe we just need pragmatic and boring but well I, but you know what I the one but and I'm not Bruce Arena the first time around was not what was an exciting hire and, and that worked out well so you can be excited about a hire if it's the right person and Nothing against Greg Berhalter, I, and I do think he's bo- he reminds me more of a Bob Bradley type hire, which it did work out ultimately, but not an exciting hire, just kind of there. Where I think we were hoping more from the Bruce Arena the first time around type of hire, and that would have been somebody like Jesse Marsh most likely, or or some or a foreign, you know, I forget who else. Um, well, they even looked at it. Not Jose. I, I know we joked about Jose Mourinho, but you know somebody to that caliber, a big name international coach. I know we joked about him. And I, who was the other one we talked? The other Man United coach that Louis Van Hall. No, that was actually in the U.S. before him. You, they found like he was on the subway in New York. Who was actually in the U.S. Oh, David Moyes. David Moyes, yeah, somebody. Yeah, you know where you would at least have a little bit of excitement for it. Burhalter was a safe choice, and it, the, safe could be fine. It's just it, I don't see it yet, and and maybe in two years we'll we'll be like, yeah, they he had it together, you know. I guess in two years from now we'll still be getting ready for the World Cup since it'll be in December, but. No, um, no kidding. Yikes. It's it I I don't know if I you can say I I guess you can make the excuses as to why why you give Burhalter more time. My concern is that we're not seeing anything change and how much is the the player selection going to change between now and then because while there are younger guys who are you know potentially uh, um, you know going to come up nobody has 
I think you know stood out in to to the the point that like oh that you know he's for sure going to be part of the team in two years or three years or four years or whatever. Uh, you know, right now we're just we're just guessing and how. I, I guess I, I guess before before I, I make a question, I'll just say when you consider that, and then you look at his roster, he's called up a lot of players, but it does kind of seem like we're watching the same, say, fifteen-ish players make the make the roster all the time, um, or or you know when when they're available, we kind of know who the say fifteen or so are. Um, if is that what we're mad about? It. Like, what what would have been? Because it's tough to measure success when you have a bunch of games that don't matter. Yeah. If we had won the Gold Cup final and we had played a different team in that friendly in New Jersey, would we feel better now or not? And I'm not sure we would. I think no, I, that's a little, the problem. But no, I it, no, I don't, and I I think the reason is because. Even had we beaten Mexico, it wasn't a it wasn't a nearly a top Mexico side. That's for sure. And the fact that we didn't probably makes it worse. But as a whole, the fact that it was a mediocre Mexico side by by Mexico standards. I mean, they have a lot more talent that they did not use. They went I, I what they went with a lot of young players, which we'd like to if if you're going to play if that would have been the play for Burhalter, but he didn't do that. And whatever. I mean, I'm looking at the roster right now. Who's we didn't talk about it last week, even when it was announced. And I no, don't expect a whole lot of talk about, it. but is there anybody that you think should be on it? That is not that the glaring omission. Sergino dust. <laughs> and hit. Yeah. And we talked a bit about that last week. So let, let's, um, I guess, I mean, should Tim Weah be on the side? I don't know that I can say he absolutely belongs in there right now because he's not. Um, he's I guess not we, like a, an absolute first choice. Um, you know, he, he's, he's not a player who's like just killing it at the club level. So so he automatically probably walks in. Um, Good Julian. Julian. Good Julian. I I still don't know what to think of him, or I don't know what to think of him anymore. You know, there was all the promise when he was younger. He's not that old, but uh, you know, when 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 he kind of first came over, there was all that promise. Things were looking up, and really. For as much as we were like, oh, he needs to leave Bayern Munich to get playing time, I'm not sure leaving Bayern Munich was all that good for him. Like, he, like nothing helped. Um, you know, he's shown some games where, sure, he flashes the brilliance that or the the, the potential, potential that that we hoped for, and he has other games where it's like, oh, yeah, I see why Germany didn't press that hard to keep him. Um, we have many fish. Mm-hmm. Well, but it, then I'm looking at the. So, I'm looking at it though. You got Giassi Zardes. Wouldn't you think Julian should at least have been 
He's, I would rather have either of those guys than him. He is the guy who is... He's kind of the furnace he's that's the new burning Wando. right... He's the the furnace burning right now as to like the fan resentment on the player selection side. Not to say he's a bad guy or that he's a terrible player, but it does feel like maybe we have some better options there, especially when we didn't take Ginger Messi for the Gold Cup and then didn't put him on the youth roster either. What What, what is this? What are we doing? Ginger Messi is starting tomorrow. ES, uh, ESPN. I heard that. that That's so. good. Yes. Um, which is good. But, you know, and, and maybe... Maybe all of this apathy is at least in part because we haven't had any, you know, Chris and I have, since the beginning of the show, have stated how we don't really care about the Gold Cup. So maybe part of the apathy is just that we haven't had any games to care about. Now, I'm not sure League of Nations is going to be uh, what really draws me in, but at least maybe it's different. At least there's that. We're playing a Canada team in Toronto next week that might be okay. So, uh, you know, maybe I could I could see us losing that game. Sure. Um, maybe the, this is the week that, and I won't see tomorrow because my son has a game at the exact same time, but uh, maybe this is the, the international break where I start to get drawn back in. I, well, it's, we can I, that. I'm not I mean, trying I'm... to not. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not like a. I'm, I'm a fairly optimistic person by nature, but I, I. I'm not amused right now. I'm not no, excited. I, I and I and I don't blame you. I I wouldn't. I, I'm not finding it either. I, I'm looking at the roster versus what I think. I mean, whose dog did Ethan Horvath kill? I mean, or Jesse Gonzalez that you're still bringing in an eight thousand year old Brad Guzan. You know, you know, those I, are. I'm, I'm looking I, at Novakovic. Why is Novakovic not getting another look? Mm. Cameron Carter Vickers. He's been Tottenham to death, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe I, I believe Bayern Munich just scored another goal on them. Speaking of, <laughs> they followed up that performance with a three nothing loss. So. Uh, Good for them. That's a great way to go into the international break, guys. And then the Bears went out there and crapped the bed just as bad. In white jerseys <laughs> in that stadium. So, yes. Yeah. There, must be, there must be something about that, to be sure. Um, you might be onto something, or you're on something, Pat. Yeah. I'm not really sure which. So, really, it's it a stadium shot. shaped like a toilet. Well, it's, well, <laughs> still better. it's still better than Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is... Megatron's butthole, so. <laughs> oh, dear. You know, anyway, what I was, what I was going to say a couple minutes ago, like, I'm less bothered by the inclusion of Guzan because in the end, he's yeah, not, he's, like, he's not, um, to me, maybe, well, okay, fine. He's not what, you know, Tim Howard once was. Um, that said, I wanted him to replace Howard the last couple of years. Uh, you know, he kind of had his own struggles, which prevented some of that. But um, 
I do think that for this team, he is not a terrible choice, at least for, for I shouldn't say for this team, but for what Bearhalter wants this team doing, he's not a terrible choice. I think that, I mean, I, I'm on the record as saying, all in all, I'd rather see us go out with, um, with younger guys and just start kind of bleeding them in. But you kind of need a few older guys, though. Yeah, I, 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 I largely you're maybe, right. Maybe but, he's the Nick Romano yeah, of, of yeah. This, that's what I'm. I, group, I don't. You know? he, Sean, but Sean, but Sean Johnson's not young either at this point. I don't get Sean Johnson's inclusion. I guess I get Sean Johnson's inclusion more than Brad Guzan. Why though? Like to me, Sean Johnson kind of like lost his spot a number of years ago, and. Is he truly ahead of Bill Hamid? I mean, if well, we're going to take two guys who are essentially well, nearly the same age and kind of the same, and and um, and, and that's the, the same, I mean, the same the same resume. We keep focusing on goalies, but you're right. Is he ahead of Bill Hamid? I don't think so. Is he ahead of Ethan Horvath? I don't think so. Is he ahead of Jesse Gonzalez? I don't think so. But yet somehow those none of those guys can get. A, and I wonder who who Jesse Gonzalez murdered to get not get included. I mean, that that's a guy I thought was, and and again, say another I, one. How, how many puppies did Bobby Wood kill to get that far out of favor? I think Wood's problem is just that as soon as he stopped scoring last season, he just yeah, but the, the, yeah, Will Trap the but issues yeah, Will Trapp, with his game. But Will Trap still on the roster. Look, I don't get the Will Trap one. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I, to me, it's offensive. Like, you know, it's one of those things that um, if if we're gonna like if we're gonna focus on it, I'm gonna sit and think this is this is idiotic. Um, you know, he's he's not young enough that okay, maybe he grows into uh, a player who can truly replace Michael Bradley. Uh, you know, he, he's kind of, he's reaching the end of his window and to what end? Oh, yep. technically, what, what, technically speaking, he's only what, 25, I think, but either way, like, but he's if, not getting, but like you said, if, if, he's if not you getting better, you know, yeah. Is he going to, is he going to be the guy in two years? No. Meantime, Michael Bradley, like. I, I would like it if we were moving on just because of his age, but in theory, if we have to, he could still be playing in two years. So, you know, to, to me, Will Trapp is, is a victim of, you know, not being significantly, like so significantly younger than Bradley that you keep giving him chances, but not, I don't know, so sufficiently skilled that that you wouldn't just try somebody else. And, you know, I, I know that, like, Tyler Adams has uh, has had, like, unfortunate luck with, um, with injuries when it's come to, uh, to really getting him into this team. But I just have to think there's so many other options we could try instead of forcing Will Trapp in. The dude just doesn't fit in this team. No, and 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 we we talked about it before. It was even last year. I guess 
it was more palatable because they did roll out the entire young guys. I mean, when they got schooled in England, when they, you know, a couple of the games they got absolutely taken to take into the woodshed in where even the scoreline didn't represent it, but at least it was the young guys going, all right, you know what? They're getting an education of what they have to work on. And with Dave Sarakin and Burhalter, and apathies, I don't see, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I don't even see glimpses of what I'm going to be looking at in a couple of years where I'm going to be excited about it. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. So I don't know, Pat, do you got anything else on this one or have we beaten this one? Here's my question for you, Pat, where are they even playing tomorrow? DC, I think. Okay. I had to look it up. So Uh, I, I I was not tracking it. I had to look it up. That's my level of apathy. (laughs) So you haven't, so you haven't, Fit, hit full apathy like I thought you did, Pat. How many defectors do you think? Huh. I'm going to put the over-under on two. That's a good number. Maybe they don't want to right now. <laughs> we'll just go back. There's that. That sounds like a show. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a whole show in and of itself, honestly, if you want to go to that. but um, So we've beaten this one to the ground. Cuban players looked at the U.S. government and said, "Well, Fidel's dead, so." Is his brother dead? No. This is bro- who's running. Who's running Cuba? Officially, Raúl now. Okay. I don't know. I, see, I just figured I wasn't sure if he was dead either. No. Are we, and are we sure Fidel is dead, or is he like Keith Richards and just alive somewhere? <laughs> All right. So. By the way, uh, have you guys been to the um, U.S. Soccer website recently? No. I imagine there's a good punchline to this, so let's let's hear. No, I have not. They they um, they release new headshots. I think they must have come out around the Gold Cup because they're like in the uh, the shitty red uniforms. Mm-hmm. They made them all like look serious and like pose three quarters to the side. It's like eighties high school yearbook. Kind like like yeah, kind of. Or a mannequin. They look weird. I'm looking at them now, they do. Yes. Yeah. Like it's like when they would do a the first ever photograph of Lincoln and he'd be staring off into space on the side. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paul Ariola said, Nah, I'm gonna look at the camera. I'm sorry. Yeah, a, like a few of the guys. guys. A few guys have relatively normal headshots, but most of them. Yeah, Daniel like... Lovitz is looking like up at something like a bird on a wire type situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I pulled it up now too. Uh, Jordan Morris like... looks deep in thought. Is that yeah. possible? Well, he went to Stanford, so I guess it is possible. Polisic, Polisic looks like. Um, Looks like a recent iteration of, like like a uh, a re, like a today's take on uh, a headshot uh, from like FIFA two thousand four or something. I know he looks. It looks kind of CGI to me. Yeah. Like the, the you mean that they just basically took the pic of the picture from um from FIFA. Well, yeah. Like ex- the, you, you know how um. I don't I don't play FIFA that often, so I have to go by 
kind of what I have seen on it. Um, you know how they have, like, you, you'll go to a certain point and, like, you'll look up a player and it'll have, like, his picture over his stats or whatever? It like looks a like one of those. Cards? Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. It looks like one of those. Um, and, yeah, there is something to the... Like, I think it's the tones in it. It's a very, like... It's not a very warm picture. It's a... They've made very cool tones in the in the picture. And it just looks like... Um, like it should be in a video game, kind of. Corey Baird looks like he had a lobotomy. Um, <laughs> seriously, he looks like nothing's there. Michael Bradley looks like he was told to stare at something and disagreed with the decision and stared the camera down instead. <laughs> I, I now found it. Yep, I'm looking at the same thing. <laughs> DeAndre Yedlin looking to the sky for Jesus. West Corey McKinney, Baird looks like Weston McKinney like looks like, like hey, some French fried taters. <laughs> Weston McKinney looks like, hey, look over there, dude. <laughs> yeah. What? He, he also looks, I mean, he's like he's like Polisic, where it looks fake. It looks like this is some kind of, a, yeah, like sort of a CGI thing. They're bad at everything. <laughs> These are fucking headshots, and they are bad at taking head. Like, who, let's, let's do 80s high school yearbook on the headshots. Why? I'm surprised there isn't like a little half image of each player faded in in the corner or like it's six not petting a cat behind the, the headshot or something. <laughs> Why didn't they make them wear Christmas sweaters? What are they doing? Seriously? They're bad at everything. They it's do. clear to me. They were shot by different people too, because yeah. of the, as, as I get into like my, um, actual photographer, like, uh, um, criticism the lighting is different on oh completely on yeah. a number of them and and whoever the photographer was who took the photos where they actually looked at the camera is different than the one that told them to look yeah 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 and uh, deandre yedlin i feel like they just took out the telescope he was looking in <laughs> seriously what, tyler boyd looks like he should be in a um like in a civil war uniform like he just finished fighting at Gettysburg. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. He's writing. He's writing home Dearest to his mother, mother after the battle of Antietam. <laughs> All the hard tack is gone, and my hunger won't subside. And somebody's got to replace um, the uh, Captain Andrew Luck, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, we, do we want to move on some to some happier things, or at least things that are less depressing or annoying? Sure. What do you got, TJ? Uh, what the hell? Well, I mean, we we had there was a press conference. Was it? Um, I guess that was was that yesterday or was it Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday at Soldier Field, announcing officially announcing the fire. We're moving back to Soldier Field for next year. Now this is as even even the I will give their whoever's running their media department credit when they did the press release. The worst kept secret in soccer. I mean, like. They they understood. Yeah, it, but... they they do a better job than U.S. Soccer at what they do, but, at least from that perspective. I believe it was, but that's all. The day they announced it was also the anniversary of the founding of the Chicago Fire and of the Chicago Fire itself. So there's a reason they picked that day to announce mm-hmm. it, and that made sense. And so they're going to be at Soldier Field next year. And now, did either of you watch the women's game against Korea there? 
Uh, I saw a little bit of it on TV. I did not see it. Well, and, and I guess my question is kind of, does the f- quality of the field that they brought in for the U.S. women field? You? Oh, my God, was it bad. We've watched, I mean, anybody who watches a Bear game after September knows that field is bad. What did they do, though? Did they put sod down over grass? I'm not it, sure. It looked like brand new sod. It was, it was the, you could see the different segments and the different colors of the grass and everything. Was this an effort to avoid bears lines being on the field? So they, they just put grass over grass or they re, was this, is this the same turf that the bears are going to play on when they're back from, you know, from the game at Tottenham Hotspur stadium? It, it's, it looked terrible. The, the, the field looked terrible in that it was new, but the the sod hadn't come together yet, so. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hear. But I didn't hear anything or read anything saying that the fi- the footing was a problem when they played. It might and not I, have been. It might have just looked bad. It might have been. Sure. So, but that I mean, and that was been that has been my concern the entire time with this move, and I guess after hearing more and more what the concept is and so on and so forth, Mansueto's idea is I I, I guess I'm. I get it. But at the same time, Soldier Field scares the hell out of me because even on its best days, its field sucks. You, you know, it's not like Bridgeview's been spectacular of late either, but as far as the, the field quality, but it's, I'm to the point where it's, it's worth a try. It's worth a try because the, the lease was a very bad business deal for the fire. Not that the situation at Soldier Field will be much better from that standpoint, but the the team was dying and as we've talked about on one hand if you put a winning product on the field the fans came back pretty quickly when after Schweinsteiger was signed was signed and they were in second place in the league in 2017 they they were selling out again pretty and quick the, and then like and i and i think back to that, that 2017 season it was right right after the fourth somewhere there they were playing toronto and they had to add a thousand yes. seats. Yeah, and the, the two weeks before, or a week before, they played Orlando, and it was a sellout. It was, um, it was, it was evidence that the location wasn't the real issue. But um, I get that the location was less than desirable for most people, and Soldier Field's a lot better for most people. So we'll see. It's you know. Ultimately, ultimately, as we've we've said on this show enough time, they got to win. Yeah, if he, there's too many different sports or entertainment options in Chicago to waste your disposable entertainment type income on a team that sucks. White Sox fans don't go when they're bad. Even Hell, and, the Cubs even struggle a little bit. The Blackhawks are struggling now that they're not as good. The you know, the Bears are kind of the exception, but they only have eight regular season home games. So it's in in, a, in all the other sports where there are many, many games. If you're bad, you struggle. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of what it keeps coming down to. So they made a couple of moves in, in along with this move to Soldier Field. They said Danka to Bastian Schweinsteiger with his retirement. And yeah. Um, 
I'll let you talk about that in a second. And then they signed one Alvaro Medran, who came up through the Real Madrid's youth system, bounced around La Liga. He's 25. He's still just a target allocated or a Tam, Gam, Flam. He's Basically, he's not a designated player yet. He is the type of guy the Fire have been signing of late. He reminds me, I, like maybe a Spanish version of Frankowski. Would that be? Yeah, like it's, it, it's he's he, he's the type of player they seem to be finding, and they haven't been, you know, the team has not come together yet, but they haven't been missing on, like back when it was Maloney or whoever they were signing mm-hmm. before. Like it, it's they they've had a pretty fair run of of decent guys. Maybe not guys that that have been as good as you'd hope, but um, I don't even think Schweinsteiger was as good as anybody hoped. He was just as famous. He was a good citizen and a good teammate and a good leader, but his best days were behind him. And if you're playing one of the greatest central midfielders of all time as a central defender, I don't know how exciting that's going to be for a lot of people. So No, but but I'm glad you said that because I do want to, talk about that briefly and then we'll let Chris talk because I'm sure Chris is fiending interest at this point um, you look at the games last year when Schweinsteiger didn't play and they typically what they moved Kappelhoff into the middle or Marcelo next to Calvo and that yeah scary and that the, and and Willie if you're listening to this one you know we talked about Calvo because you threw the question out a couple weeks ago this is where Calvo scares me. I thought Basti did a great job of keeping Calvo in line, keeping Calvo where he needed to be, limiting the damage Calvo could do on his own. Calvo's expected to be the leader of that back line. And from everything my older brother said in Minnesota, that's where he started to struggle. Right. And you look at the games they that he like I said that Basti didn't play. The Cincinnati game at home. The open cup or the game at New England when he was home. When Anna Ivanovic, when Anna was having their their second child, that back line was not nearly as strong without Bastian Schweinsteiger back there, and that's where it concerns me. Now, I've also read some things over the last day or so that said Dax McCarty may be on his way out. Although somebody had referenced maybe Dax will go to the back line and replace Schweinsteiger, I'm not against that move. I, like I said, somebody needs to. Calvo cannot be the one in charge of that defense, or that defense is going to have issues. So I, I think that's as much as, you know, you said, well, Schweinsteiger should have been a central midfielder. He should have been able to do more. There's a reason why he was playing in the back line, because that's where he needed to be. No, it's not like he didn't play well there. It's just from a, if you're trying to market a team and a player. You're, not, you're paying four and a half million dollars for a defender. Right, yeah. right. It's like what Colorado did with Tim Howard. Is that really what we want to be, you know, spending big dollars on? It, it's it is not like you know a, a defender is is crucial a central defender is and, and Bassey did a great job there but that's not gonna draw the fans quite like Zlatan is so there's yeah. a rumor out there that I heard Andre Guardado's name floated again which is like the it's always either Guardado or Chicharito I don't think they're getting either one um, if you had to get one which one would you want. Probably Chicharito. Chicharito would sell the sell tickets. That's, that's why would make the team better. That's exactly exactly. And Guardado's older too, right? 
So I'm not sure. I, uh, <laughs> it might be pretty close. I don't. I don't know. Like they've got to probably be pretty close. I don't know. So, and then the last thing I want to talk about with the fire, because we're, we're from Chicago, so that's, you know, Pat and I are the Chicagoland area, so that's why we talk about this. And Chris, I know being in Milwaukee, that's kind of where the only MLS team that's close right now is um is the Flyers. Are they moving away? Is the nightmare going to happen? I, I've heard, uh, I believe Sandlow said, next month when they're going to decide if they're going to change the team name or not. And it looks like they're moving away from the men in red at the very least. It, you would be, yeah, it, there are subtle clues that maybe they're going to have a lot more blue in the color scheme next year, which maybe that's fine. But I've heard, I've would... heard, I've heard they're going to switch to Navy outright, which I'm not necessarily against when I look at, um, you know, when I think back to like the Navy shorts that they have with the red stripe, red stripe that went along with those, um, those hideous Quaker, the second Quaker jerseys. Those weren't bad. And the seats in Soldier Field are blue, which may be having well, I, something. something my running, yeah, my running gag was you're you're looking to camouflage the empty seats. Yeah, it, but it, it's if they it, were going to go out and but play the section, up, the Section Eight starts singing in the Navy. Then <laughs> don't stop living in the Navy. They don't sing about soccer anymore. Um, no, if they were going to go out and play up the anniversary of the founding of the team and the anniversary of the fire and, and have a bunch of guys in fire jerseys and the fire are moving back to soldier field. It would be idiotic then at that point to change the team name after that. If you're going to do like a hard reset of the whole thing. And then a month later say, we're changing our name. That looks really, really weird. If you're going to do a subtle name change. And if you've noticed in FIFA 20, they are Chicago fire soccer club. If you're going to start including soccer club and everything to try to fix the SEO problem, great. But if you're going to change, and if you're going to, you know, a new logo and a new, maybe a new color set for the jerseys, fine. But to change the team name seems like a weird move when you were playing up the team name. Well, and, and everything I've read is man. And everything I've read is man. Swedo likes the name Chicago Fire. Yeah, he said it on Grant Wall's podcast that he likes it. So, so I I don't see why. Why would you make that move unless Don Garber is pulling the strings altogether? Which you know what that makes me think about. Maybe they're afraid the red will offend China, and <laughs> it's not the NBA. Um, and this is why we call you conspiracy, Chris. By the way, <laughs> the if the league is getting involved with the team to try to fix it as they kind of said they were going to, you know, 10 months ago or whatever, when the soldier field thing was first dropped. Um, is the league going to be allowing Mansueto to spend money in an LA galaxy type way where we're bending rules now to fix a team more than just, you know, if, if they, you know what, if they have a creative way of doing it, I th- I can't see why they wouldn't because the Chicago market, you know, as Mansueto said in like every interview he did in the Chicago land area there, it's what it's a city of a metropolitan area of about what? 10 million, give or take nine, 10 million. Yeah. Nine and a half. Yeah. yeah. You put a winning product on the field. You should be able to put 40, 50, 60,000 into soldier field. He's not wrong. But which means if you're the league, that's also a lot of eyeballs on TV sets. 
mm-hmm. and more people to see your commercials for Audi and for every other sponsor that you have. So yeah, I, I think you do bend over. You you bend the rules and allow them to do what they need to do. And I feel like the one thing I'll say about Nelson Rodriguez, despite all his flaws, that he's a giant douche and so on, is he seems to know how to play the Tam Gam Flam salary cap game better than almost anybody. I feel like they always have a ton of of Tam money to go buy the players that he wants to buy. So I'll give him that, but which kind of transitions transitions me to the other thing. It doesn't seem like either Nelson or Panovich are going anywhere. Any thoughts? I know. Is that a good move or is that, Hey, we have new ownership. We're going to change a lot of other stuff up. But let's have at least a little continuity for a year. I know Pat, what Chris, any ideas on that one? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It, he I, didn't yeah, I mean, want to immediately fire somebody. Although he has been a partial, a forty-nine percent owner in the in the team for a while now. It's not like he's not familiar with everything. But as him coming in in charge, people will be fired in a year if if things aren't improved. So and, I would and, think. And, and, and like I said, and you, we talked about this a little bit before we went live. Is I feel like when you look at changes in ownership throughout you American sports, it seems like the management, the operations management team as a whole usually gets a year before they get cleaned out. Like you get a new owner. Well, usually yeah, it mean, seems you, like, yeah. it seems like you're because I feel like those new owners are spending so much side time on the business side of it. They aren't getting to, into the, like the soccer or what other sport operations it is. So they get a year and then they realize, Oh, these guys suck too. Let's get rid of them now, now that I've realized that. That they fixed the business problems that they thought were causing not to be successful. And to answer the question, go back to Guardado is 33 and Chicharito's 31. So. They're actually older than I thought. I thought it was more like uh, maybe 28, 29. So. In which case, I mean, at that age, I could see Guardado. Coming to MLS and what? What? Age, how old was um? How old was uh? What's his name? Um, Blanco when he came over was he about the same age or was he older? Yeah, there? he was in his thirties. Thirty was he as old as thirty-five? I don't remember. Yeah, but Cordado's not the level of celebrity that Blanco was. I mean, Chicharito no, isn't no, to be fair, that. and he's he's close, but. Cordado is a very good player, and he's obviously very well known to every Mexico fan. But he's not that loved like Blanco he, was. So. Yeah, he's he's not going to sell tickets the way Blanco or Chicharito would. That said, he would immediately improve the center of the team. I mean, Cordado's like the one guy in Mexico who I have to admit is actually really good. Yeah, no. In, in, in general, I hate I hate to give them compliments. I even I get no, really talented. That that dude is fucking talented. So, Cuauhtémoc Blanco played 07 through 09 with the Fire. He's 46 now, so do the math on that. Chris, we'll let you do math on that one. So, <laughs> um, what years was he? There? He was 33 07. to 36 then, right? Okay. Oh, seven. He's forty-six now. So, no, 
Oh, so that means Yeah, I guess. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, Pat, you're right. Thirty-four to thirty. I knew he was. I knew he was around thirty-five, or I was pretty sure he was, because I remember us talking about it as something like a thirty-five-year-old man is doing this, or they want to bring in a thirty-five-year-old. But I guess. I guess. I guess it was kind of you're like, okay. You brought him in his mid-30s. Maybe he's almost done. But he went to play. He played another, what, seven years. Yeah, then he became a politician. And he is yeah, now didn't the, he become mayor of his hometown? He's governor of Morelios. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's he, apparently he is a social encounter party, whatever that means. Not, <laughs> And I apologize to anybody who is listens that that cheers from mexico and i don't know why you would because this is the remnants of us fan tv but i don't know the the social parties in mexico so i apologize for that if it's <laughs> but um so i guess i'm not as anti-guardado as i would think um what i guess whatever's going to fill the seats and i keep coming back to the premise change the color of the jerseys change whatever you want win some damn games yep. Winning will fill the seats. End of story. Funny how that works. I'm just not sure. And the question is, is Panovich the one to get him there? And I, I've defended Panovich in the sense that that team played hard. I mean, they, they, they never quit on him. But then the other side of it is, you took one point out of six from Cincinnati. Yeah. One point out of six from Cincinnati. Worst team, one of the worst teams ever in the league. And you get one point. Why didn't you make the playoffs? There's that. The fact that at the end of the year, you go to Columbus and only get a point. There were opportunities to be had, for sure. So here's a question I want to ask both. This is probably more for Pat, and I apologize, Chris. When you get to MLS, I know you're just not as interested because you live in Milwaukee, and I mean, I mean, you've got the the Founders Cup you're worried about. So what, he's what, gone full Mingo. He's gone. Have you gone full uh, Mingo? Chris? It it's it, it is fun. Those guys kill it on social media. Uh, the games are fun. How many have you gone to? Just the one? I've just made it to the one. Um, you are you consistent in watching them though? Uh. Not consistent, but okay. I just wanted to figure out if it's consistent. I just wanted to say real quick that I was having this issue where somebody was stealing my Instagram photos and selling them, and for the past (laughs) five months, I have only been uh, allowing TJ to see them, and it was TJ's account that was the one doing it. So I'm really concerned about this. You know, Pat, we were talking about things to put on the, sh- the, the that we wanted to talk about today before we went live. The fact that you said we were going to go to Colleen Rooney and uh, Rebecca Vardy. Y- nice transition. Well done. I give you credit for that one. I mean, it's it's really entertaining. And I don't even get excited about stuff like that. But this is just like th- that, the way that thing was written. And it's da 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 Rebecca Vardy's account is amazing. Like it was just, yeah. Like... And, and, and I, and I think where it made me laugh even harder is it wasn't like, okay. So she, Rebecca Vardy comes out and defends herself, but 
that was it. It wasn't like a whole lot of people coming. Oh no, it could have been her. It was like, nope, it's her. <laughs> it was yeah. just like it wasn't even a gray area. It was like, nope, it's her. Yeah. And I think my favorite joke out of all one of my favorite jokes was, so Colleen Rooney's planting all these things, getting Rebecca Vardy to bite on him. Does that mean Wayne Rooney is going to be at DC next year, not going to Derby after all? <laughs> it's you know what, like, and she said. You know what did I have to gain from this? I don't. I didn't need the money. Could be a different thing though. It could be we're gonna run. You know, because the sun is dirty. Could be something like we're gonna run this story about Jamie that he's you know all hopped up on meth and Red Bull or whatever. Unless you get us some dirt on Wayne Rooney or so, they, there could be a like a situation like that going on here too, a which is pro, a quid pro quo, quo? A, a blackmail type situation. Yeah, it. it you never know, but it's uh, and it know. and it truly may have not have been her, but it's definitely somebody with access to her account. Which is like, why are you letting so many people have access to your account unless it's from previous entertainment work she did or something? And, so, and, and and that's a question. And that, I guess that's a simple question. For, does anybody have access to your accounts? No, but I'm not a famous wag. Well, Chris, but Chris is a famous wag. So, Chris, does anybody else have access to your account? No. Okay. Then it's it's a valid question. So, hey, we'll go with that. And considering we're kind of like the the Seinfeld of soccer podcast, it's it's really it's a whole lot about nothing. So, it's kind of the entertaining thing we're going to get to. Um, all right, I see we're fifty seven minutes, so we're going to wrap up with FIFA twenty. What is it, two weeks now, Pat? been out yeah that's about right you you've acquired it correct i have yes chris have you acquired it i have not what's the last fifa you've you actually acquired oh god uh fifa 07 and was that the one where you could no it was 94 where you could you could run away from yellow cards as long as you wanted to (laughs) yeah that one whatever fifa chris last had it was rigged oh of course it was because every because everybody hates Chris. So what? So what's what's your opinion on it so far? I mean, I I picked it up because I there were a couple of people who were like, oh, the gameplay's awesome. It didn't. It hasn't really overwhelmed me or set, really distinguished itself from previous editions where I'm like, oh it's, my god, uh, it's fine. Um, I like the Volta football, not the yes. the um. The actual like storyline Volta is kind of stupid. I haven't but checked. Just the, the, gr- gr- I like grabbing like different clubs, different national teams, and going out and playing three v three, four v four, or uh, futsal or whatever. Yeah. And the different courts and fields and whatever. I really enjoy that because I always liked mm-hmm. FIFA Street, so that's cool to have for sure. Um, the actual gameplay, and I'm not a hardcore FIFA player. Like no. there, there are guys who like you know constantly gripe about. I know 19 was for many people terrible. This is, I feel like one thing they got right is it's a little bit slower, which means if you have Kylian Mbappe or Pierre Emerick Aubameyang or somebody who's actually very fast, you can actually sort of use that to your advantage you could see that it seemed like fifa 19 everybody was fast to me so 
Um, I feel like they maybe got that part right. Um, but. Although, you know what I, I thought they got right? And, and I found this out this past weekend. And it's so I told Charlie if he did certain things, I'd let him play FIFA, which I don't I let him play. Wii. I usually don't let him play Xbox at all, but I did. I let him play and he he tried a couple games and then I let him play Volta. And of course, he used the fire because he loves Bastion, Bastion Schweinsteiger. And he go out and play. And he always put Schweinsteiger forward. And man, is that dude slow? They got that <laughs> right. <laughs> you'd see like you'd see Nemanja Nikolic like bouncing around, Frankowski bouncing around. And then you just see the slow ass Schweinsteiger thumping through the middle. It's like, well, they got that right. So, but. Just, but the the fact that you can use the club teams, you're right. And I, I haven't tried the Volta storyline. I'm, I'm not that big of a gamer. It's a pretty dry storyline. Um, not, not as good. At, not as good as the previous two years of like uh, the whatever the stories that they were telling with it. Yeah, it, the journey. It's kind of like that, except a little bit worse. So so I'm better off just doing the one offs of just bringing in club teams or whatever and and playing. Those yeah, games. it's that's fun. I think that's really fun. Um, and mm-hmm. I think. I haven't done a season yet. I know they made some changes to that, but I, I typically don't have the time to play a season. I, I don't play it a whole. I always buy it and then I don't play it a whole lot. So I, I usually get through about one year of career mode, maybe a year and a half, and then it upgrades. And usually I don't buy it year after year, except that I said um, O'Leary's Cal Brian. He talked. He raved about it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go buy it. I'll I'll try. I'll check O'Leary's it out. O'Leary's a cow it. named Brian. Brian 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 Smith, Leary's Cow, podcasting legend, got himself. They were set to take over the ESPN on ESPN 1000. Him and Fenwick were going to take over for the the Fire Morning Show, and then they pissed somebody off. They pissed off uh, Houtman. Get him started on Houtman stories once, and oh my god, they're they're awesome. He's got he's got a he's got them. Let's let's just maybe say that much that's about a show you should have. Working on it. I've gotten him on once, and we talked mostly about youth soccer. I'm trying to get him where he's had a few drinks in him, and we'll get him started on those things. So I think that would be the way to do it. And I know he listens because he he does appreciate the pod, the fact that it's just general BS and general shenanigans and things like that. And and Combs mentioning mustache slides. So <laughs> I still haven't found that T-shirt. You lost it. No, it's around here. I just don't know what I did with it. I uh, I wore it not too long ago. So oh, maybe I wore it. I was out watching a game. Uh, maybe that's why they lost to the Nationals, because you didn't wear your mustache slide shirt. <laughs> not the fact that Hater couldn't hit the strike zone, but hey, you know. Yeah, oof, that was brutal. Took me about six pitches to realize that dude wasn't good. They weren't winning that night. Yeah. So, all right, we're at 62 minutes, so we're going to wrap this one up. This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod at Mini, Minivan Dad. What, a Minivan Dad Pod? Is that where we're at um, on Twitter? You can find Chris at Fine Tooth Combs. You can find Pat at Patrick McCraney or US Fan TV if you want to talk to either one of them. All right, let's get to some final thoughts. Um, what do you got, Pat? You got anything good for us today? Uh, no. Go USA. Go USA. All right. I can. So you're going to watch tomorrow night? No, you said Finn's got a game, right? He does. He's got a game at the exact same time. So I might catch the end. Okay. 
You're going to wear a U.S. jersey to Finns game? No, it's going to be 44 degrees at Finns game, so or something ridiculously cold. So I'll be wearing right. a coat. Yeah, there's, that's probably a wise idea. How about you? Mm-hmm. How about you, Chris? You going to be watching tomorrow? I will be watching. Um, I'm. I, I've been trying to think, like, you know, what my prediction would be for the score, and and I, I have trouble. I'm going to say naming it. Naming I'm going to say three nothing. See, that's what I. That was my first thought, but then I also went like, I don't trust this team at all. So I'm going to say two one. I don't think. I I think there's no way we can. I, I think losing is uh, not an option, but I don't trust that. I, I think this will look much more dangerous than it should. So I'm going to one. All right. Uh, Pat, you got a prediction of the score too? Uh, four, nothing USA. Okay. Four, nothing USA. All right. I, and on that you're done. <laughs> at minivan dad pod i'm at tj's rambo like i said join subscribe listen soundcloud uh spotify itunes tell your friends moves up the moves up the charts there and actually you know what before i log off i do want to talk about one thing is uh the great american beer festival was this past weekend and the only reason why i reference it is um noon whistles lethal weapon which is uh which was a recipe that my brother-in-law, Matt, had a heavy hand in helping to develop, took third place in a category that had over 150 entrants in it. They took third place. So Noon Whistle and its Liesel Weapon, I strongly recommend it. Holy cow, yeah, that's one of of the few that I've given a five-star rating on um, Untapped. So definitely check that one out. And Pat, you and I have to do a, a day at Noon Whistle at one of these times. So, um, I on that note, on that note, thanks for listening, everyone. Like I said, tell your friends, join in and yeah, to, to quote the immortal Chris Combs and the immortal Pat, you're done.